The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth on your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you on your own recovery journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support our ministry through our Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com slash spirit of recovery. Today's episode is titled My Side of the Street. So we were talking recently about that recovery concept of keeping my side of the street clean and wanted to explore it here on the podcast. We'll start by sharing this from the big book. This is pages 77 on to 78. It reads, we are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so, never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our own. And then also from the Daily Reflection, and this is from September 7th, 2023. I made amends to my dad, and soon after I quit drinking, the writer says, My words fell on deaf ears since I had blamed him for my troubles. Several months later, I made amends to my dad again. This time, I wrote a letter in which I did not blame him nor mention his faults. It worked. And at last, I understood. My side of the street is all that I'm responsible for. And thanks to God and AA, it's clean for today. So let's talk about keeping our side of the street clean. Yes. Well, whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that means. Right. (laughs) Well, I think you're going to talk about this, too. But we were talking before the show about how we had never heard about this 
concept even before we got into recovery. That just goes to show you like how little we learned growing up about how to manage conflict and deal with others. I mean, I know I, I don't feel like I got very good um, guidance on that. So this whole idea of keeping my side of the street clean was a revelation to me. Um, and I think that honestly, after 28 years of sobriety, I'm still learning this. This is kind of a growing edge for me because I'm like this person in the passage. I want to blame everyone else for everything that's wrong, you know, and it's a bad habit that I learned at a really young age. And I'm sure there's reasons behind it, which I won't go into it, but I, I somehow learned that it was so painful to accept my own flaws that I had to project the blame onto other people to take the heat off of myself. Somehow I didn't get the message that it was okay to make mistakes. Now, when I came into recovery, I heard people saying things like, it's okay to make mistakes. And I was like, it is? Like that was a total revelation to me because like I say, somehow, I did not get taught that it was okay to make mistakes, that you could make a mistake and you could fix it. I mean, it's really basic like human behavior, but somehow I, I don't know, I didn't get it. And so um, this idea that it's okay to make mistakes, that we all make mistakes, that we can clean it up and fix it and move on. We don't have to have a shame attack. We don't have to think we're the piece of garbage on the bottom of our shoe. Um, we can just admit an error and move on. Like, I, honestly, still even just saying it right now, it still feels like a bit of a revelation to me. I think this is an area that I still have a lot of growth to do because I still, you know, have a, a need to want to take the heat off of me because it's so painful to have my own flaws revealed to myself. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I ever heard this phrase. I feel like I can even picture myself in the room and someone said you know something something keeping my side of the street clean i'd never heard that before in my life and i didn't even know i mean how could i that that was a program saying i'm hearing it for the first time uh, i didn't make any assumptions and what i loved about it right away was it it was a it's like a visual image you know, when you use a phrase like that, it's describing something that I can picture in my head. I can picture myself with a broom keeping my side of the street clean. That's a lot better than saying something like, mind your own business, right? Which in a way has the same underpinning message, which is pay attention to what's going on with you. Don't worry so much about what's going on with them. But keeping my side of the street clean, what a wonderful way to say it. And I, I remembered it from day one. And then, of course, at some point, I figured out, oh, this is the thing people are saying. Oh, here it is in the big book, like I read in our introduction. And I love that about it. And, of course, it's, it's the, you know, the bottom line is it's a, a statement, a colorful way, like we have lots of colorful ways to say things. It's a colorful way of saying that I accept personal accountability for my own stuff. What I'm doing or not doing, independent of what you may be doing or not doing, regardless of what others are doing, I have a responsibility for my own actions and my own reactions. It's like um, another way of getting at this that I'd 
heard about that's also a program thing is that saying that says, if I'm pointing the finger at somebody else, <laughs> I have three fingers pointing back at me, yeah. which is another really colorful, memorable way of saying, be careful about assigning problems to other people, because maybe what I really need to do is be looking at myself. And yeah. of course, I joke that, you know, you can point all five of your fingers away from you and point that way. That, that's how I solve that problem. When I, <laughs> when I point all five fingers at you, no fingers are pointing back at me. Problem solved, right? Well, there you go, done. No, of course not. Oh, so yeah, this, this whole concept really comes down to like what I think is the crux of the 12 step program and a big part of AA, I'm sorry, of unity, spiritual growth sort of program or journey also is in our church, we like to say a lot that we live life from the inside out. So what that means is that, you know, the whole 12 step program is really about getting to know ourselves, getting to know what's going on in us, the feelings that we're having, the things we're avoiding, the triggers, the things that set us off, the things that make us upset, getting to know what those are and so that they become conscious, right? Because what we're not aware of drives us in a really powerful way. And even just becoming aware of things um, takes some of the power out of, of those things, right? So becoming conscious, becoming aware, getting to know ourselves, learning, you know, what my triggers are, what are the things that cause me to want to put the blame out there? And that's where we work. So we don't work out there trying to fix other people or fix, fix our relationships from the outside. We work from the inside out. Again, a total revelation to me you know, when I came into the program. Um, I love that as well. And that was yeah. also new. I, I actually, I think the first time I heard it was with, uh, you know, I do weekly counseling. It's just part of my life now. I think I heard it from a counselor and it really stuck with me because again, it's a visual, like the other thing, it's a visual living from the inside out. Yeah. So looking, you know, when we hear things like, uh, you know, if you want to find the real source of all of your upset, look in the mirror stuff like that. You know, just this concept of avoiding this trap of blame and resentment, because yeah. if, if I'm upset, and I'm making it about you, I literally have zero chance of ever resolving the actual upset that is within me. So the right. first thing I have to do is stop trying to make it about you, or somebody else. And only then um, can I get into what in unity, we might call a forgiveness practice right release the spiritual power of release of letting go etc etc all of the true healing actions and steps and experiences that i can take and have none of it means anything until i stop trying to make it about somebody else yeah yeah i've described that to people before as saying there it's both the good news and the bad news <laughs> the bad news is that it's you you know like that taylor swift song it's me <laughs> i'm the problem it's me um 
that's the bad news. I don't want it to be me. I want it to be somebody else's fault. But it's, you know, what's happening is in me is, it's not to say that other people don't do stuff that they shouldn't do, or that other people aren't being mean to us or whatever, but that's none of our business. What what I'm responsible for is my own reaction. So that's the bad news, because I don't like it being me. But the good news is that gives me the power to change it. If it's somebody else's fault, then I can't do a darn thing. I'm powerless, like you said. So it's both the good news and the bad news, in my opinion. But, um, and this is this is part of a larger concept in both, well, I, I think in, in unity for sure, and probably also in 12-step, that when we want to make changes in our lives or in the world, we do it we start here and I'm gesturing to myself. We start here with ourselves, with within, within us, rather than going and trying to fix the problem out there. So, you know, in Unity, we teach that everything begins in consciousness. So what we want to change on the outer, we change it by changing the inner, you know, and th that of course doesn't mean that there aren't things that need to be done on the outside, but the focus of our work is on changing our own reactions, changing um, what's happening within us. And that starts by owning what's happening within us. See, that's the part I don't like too. Why we got to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? I mean, I laugh because I'm in the same boat. Maybe that's part of what got us all here onto this recovery journey. I don't know. I don't want to own anything, you know? I'm, I'm thinking now about how... Keeping my side of the street clean is related to steps eight and nine, right? So mm. step eight says, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. And step nine says, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So step eight is not made a list of all persons we had harmed and explained to them why they made us do that. Darn it. <laughs> Because in order to approach these very challenging, I think, very healing steps in the program, we've we've got to already at least be willing to, and hopefully done some practice in beginning to get good at owning our part of what goes on. Because, mm -hmm. you know, in my experience, resentments that I kept, I mean, some of them, I guess I could say, they were clearly all me like, man, I really wasn't acting right. But some of them are part of a conflict. It's like, well, they did this. And right. so I did this. And it's not all me. You know, those kind of things are, yeah. are impossible to heal. If I can't let go of the, you know, but they did this part <sighs> of all of so hard. It's An so another hard. thing that's coming to mind is that if I, if say if you and I have a conflict and later I say, gosh, Reverend Michelle, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but is not an apology. It's uh -huh. an attack. <laughs> it is. You, right. you cannot say, I'm sorry, but you really blah, 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 blah. And, and now I'm like, I'm not sorry at all. I'm just back in the fight when yeah. I say I'm sorry, but. And so that has helped me a lot to recognize where I am. If my mm -hmm. mind wants to say, you know, well, I'm sorry I did that, but th then I am not where I need to be. I have not accepted responsibility for my own. I'm not keeping my side of the street clean, regardless of right. what you or anyone else 
has done. And and as you're saying, as we talk about steps eight and nine, this is truly difficult. To it's do. so hard. It takes practice. For me, it took the guidance of a sponsor. Like yeah. I had some amends and I'd say, well, what about this one? And my sponsor said, nope. Put that down at the bottom. It's like, I'm not even sure why, but the dude had 25 years and I had eight months. And so I'm going with the the dude with 25 years. Okay, fine. I didn't want to do it anyway. (laughs) I'll put it at the bottom. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. But. Yeah. You know, this kind of healing work really requires uh, a lot. The, you know, the, the, the love of the spirit, a relationship with higher power, et cetera, et cetera, guidance of a, yeah. of a sponsor, the group to learn from. Man, this is just not easy. So if you're listening to us and find yourself you know, struggling with this, we just say, welcome to the club, because yep. that's how it is. That's how you know you're doing the work. Yep. Think of it that way. That's how you know you're doing the work because it's hard. It is hard, but it's it so hard. worth it. Yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, when you're doing those amends and there's, you know, it's like, no, you don't need to contact the ex to explain to them what you did wrong. But really, you're just kind of trying to get them to feel bad about what they did or you're trying to make yourself exactly. look good because now you're sober and you're so you know lily white and they're still using or whatever no 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 that's it's so hard because the thing is is like in a lot of these in most situations let's face it the other person did do something they did i mean we don't just act this way for no reason we all have our side of the street including them yeah so the thing that's hard to get over is that yes they did something that they shouldn't have done to me but that's not where i'm going to solve it or resolve it or heal it I so want to, you know, I so want to just keep being up in their business instead of, you know, but there, but you can't heal it over there. You can only heal it here. So basically the question, and I'm posing this question to myself, comes down to, do I want to hang on to this for another 5, 10, 15, 20 years, or do I want to heal it and let it go? You know, well, my, guess what? Well, guess what my ego wants to do? Hold on to it for all of eternity. <laughs> You know what I mean? So that it can fuel my self-righteous indignation and self-justified anger and everything. But, and sometimes I do that, you know, I'm human. I'm not perfect by any stretch, but we're talking about healing. You know, this whole program is about healing. So somehow healing and the ego are not 
you know, terribly compatible because to, to stop looking at what the other person did and only focus on either what we did or what our reaction was, right? our part, our part, our reaction, um, that's an ego killer. That's like ego death. Yes, it is. And ego death is not comfortable for human beings. Because our egos, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I haven't studied psychology, but they just really want it. They're just tenacious little buggers and they just really want to hang on and survive. They just yes. want to, they're, the ego is all about self-preservation. So when I say, yes, you did this to me, but I'm not going to look at that or worry about that. I'm going to worry about what I did or how I reacted or how I justified my own behavior. I'm going to work on healing it in myself. The ego's like, no. As it's like, you know, circling the drain, you know, and just going, because that's ego death. And so it's hard. And this work requires humility, humility. Yeah. Requires it and supports its development. Yeah. I mean, when, when, like I say, there's some occasions when we're just like, no, I was totally wrong. I was me. I was wrong. But there's a lot of times when both sides were really wrong, especially, you know, if there's drinking involved and stuff. So to, to, to not, to let go of what they did and focus on what we did requires so much humility, so much humility. And part of me just keeps wanting to go, but, 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 but they, but they, but they, you know, and the thing is, is that's not where our power lies. You know, our power lies in healing ourselves. I can't fix what that person did. I can't heal them. You know, probably if I ask my sponsor, they're going to say I have no business even contacting them. Right. (laughs) Right. So my only power lies in healing it within me. Yeah. I think that's (sighs) such a powerful truth that you're saying right there. That's the bottom, bottom line. It's an inconvenient truth, I'll tell you. Oh, man. Yes. (laughs) An annoying truth. I've heard that hula hoop, the hula hoop principle. Like if I get a hula hoop and I stand in the middle of it, I am, I have control over everything inside the hula hoop and no control (laughs) over everything outside the hula hoop. That has helped me. You know, that the the other saying, and I've just loved the sayings and they keep coming up in my mind as, as we share is that question, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Yeah. Right. Do you want to uh, hang right on to your right is happy, Dan. Come on. <laughs> well, I had someone. I'm when happy I, when I'm right. I asked somebody that, and that's what they said. They said, being right makes me happy. And I was of like, course. oh, crap. I have nothing for that. I don't even know what to say about that. But this, you know, the, there is the specter, the potential problem of the so-called justified anger. Oh, yes. For for me, there is no such thing. It, it doesn't matter where my resentment is. Justified anger is just another way to try and rationalize finger pointing. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if I have a thousand friends and all thousand of them agree with me that that other person's a big jerk and they shouldn't have done. It doesn't matter because of what you said. I don't have any control of what other people do. We're kind of getting in like the Al-Anon principles. I didn't create it. I can't cure it. And I can't stop it from happening in any way. Right. I can only have influence over myself, no matter how maddening what another person has done is. And we were talking about that before we got on the recording here. I have work to do around this 
myself. I won't share the story here, but yeah. hey, man, this we is all on deck do. for we me. We all do. I mean, you just sort of busted me for one of my main MOs, which <laughs> is to go around and get like 20 other people to agree with me that what that other person did was wrong. Darn it. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is they probably did do something wrong, you know, right, but, exactly. but that's not the point. So exactly. You know, my longtime minister, Reverend Vicki Elder, she said something to me as gazillion years ago that has helped me tremendously over the years. And what she said to me is that when something comes up, it's coming up because it's ready to be healed. Again, an inconvenient truth, but it is the truth, is that yeah. when something is triggered in me, when I'm upset and going nutty, it's because, so So this is also about having compassion for ourselves. We're joking and we're being sort of self-deprecating, but some of these things are really painful. And we're, we're often touching some of our real core, early childhood, possibly pre-verbal wounding that it's, it's real, you know, this is real and we have to have compassion for ourselves. So when I'm triggered, something in there, probably it, like the extent to which I'm triggered is the extent to which I'm starting to touch the real core stuff, right? But why? Why is this happening? Why is the universe sending me this person that triggers this thing in me over and over and over again? Is it just like the universe's eternal, you know, joke on me? No, it's because spirit wants me to heal it. Spirit is sending me opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to heal that thing in me. That's why the same thing keeps coming up. The same thing keeps happening to me. The same person keeps coming into my life in different shapes and sizes. Because this thing in me wants to be healed. I mean, that's my experience over many years now is that it wants to be healed. If we can try to look at it as an opportunity for healing instead of just, oh, God, here's this again. Yeah. You know, if we can say, okay, here's this again, it's extremely irritating, but God is giving me my next assignment. God right. is saying, here's where you need to work. You don't have to go and spend thousands of dollars at a therapist to figure out what your problem is. The universe <laughs> is handing it to you on a platter. In, Whatever in is pissing you off, upsetting you, causing you to go nutsos, that's where you need to work. And That's it's dressed up as assignment. some other person. Always. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears now and move into our recovery for a nutshell, where we try to summarize the pieces of all that we found most helpful in our own journeys. So we always put Reverend Michelle on the spot and say, hey, if someone came up to you, you know, at the meeting after the meeting and said, how can I do, quote, keep my side of the street clean, even when people keep doing stupid stuff that makes me mad? What might you say? Well, people are, uh, first of all, I'd say people are going to keep doing stupid stuff. They just are. I mean, that's just the nature of this life. People are going to keep doing stupid stuff. So, Including do, me. Including me. But do I want to keep getting upset over the stupid stuff that people keep doing? Or do I want to heal in me whatever it is that's getting triggered? Well, it's a lot more fun in the short run to just keep getting mad at the stupid people. Um, and I do that with certain things, you know, but if we really want to heal and we really want to live happy, joyous and free, and we really want to experience some of the gifts of this program, then we've got to look at what it is that's getting triggered in us. And I highly recommend 
that you work with a sponsor, a clergy person, a therapist, um, to work through some of this stuff. This is not like if we're talking about really core things, this is not something for you to do on your own. You need to have some kind of support around this. So um, outside help, you know, I, I don't even know why we call it that because so many of us need it. It should just be like a normal thing. Um, help. Help. Just call it help. It's just yeah. help. I was thinking yeah. exactly the same thing. And, and as I jotted down my thoughts, the first word I put was sponsor. Meaning, I know that no one can do my inner work for me, mm -hmm. and I also know, but I can't do it alone. This is yes. absolutely in the can't do it alone category. So I would take my upset to my sponsor. And here's something that I've learned that's super important, is that I need to be able to tell my story the way I'm experiencing it. Forget spiritual principles. I'm angry. That person's a big blankety blank. They did this. I have to be able to tell that story yes. or else I will never really be able to approach the healing work. And right. for me to pretend that I am so somehow spiritually lofty that I'm above being angry about it. Bullshit. Right. If I can't tell my story, I'm not doing the work. But I need to move out of that move story. It. Tell it and move beyond it with the assistance of my sponsor and literally get into the step work that addresses this. So we're talking about yeah. steps eight and nine with my sponsor. This program works, yes, but it's hard and I need assistance with it. So that's my yeah. answer. And I just want to add again, because this is so important. All of this work should be done with compassion and love for ourselves. Yeah. Yes, we've done bad things, okay? But bad things have also been done to us. We have real hurts, real wounds. These, you know, these are these are real things and we need to we need to approach them with a lot of love and compassion for ourselves because yeah. it within each of us is a small child that is hurt, you know, that is afraid, that is thinks they're no good, thinks they're not good enough, thinks they're not lovable. That's where we need to work but always with a lot of love and compassion and kindness towards ourselves. Yeah, Eating thank you ourselves for saying up that. is not the name of the game. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I totally agree. What a wonderful reminder of a really important truth. Thank I you. I mean, that's really where the real work is, yeah. you know, in my opinion. All righty. We have an affirmation for you today. As I tend to my own spiritual recovery journey with integrity and love, I know the world around me is finding its own path to God. Yeah, as I tend to my own spiritual recovery journey with integrity and love, so as I do the work, I know the world around me is finding its own path to God. I keep my side of the street clean, right? Yep, yep. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery. At least we like to think of it that way. Please don't burst our bubble and tell us otherwise. And we're grateful that you have. We hope that you found something in all of our gabbing today that you find genuinely helpful and we bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey and as always we invite your questions comments wisdom and feedback anytime you can find us on our facebook page spirit of recovery or you can email us at spirit of recovery unity at gmail.com and please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to spirit of recovery on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support our ministry through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spirit of recovery. 
We are so glad you joined us today and we hope that you'll join us again. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, please don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.